Hey, let's all get our hands together for our very own, one of my favorite people on the whole planet, Miss Debbie Fink. Come on, Debbie. Woohoo! Wow. Thank you. Love you too. Good morning. Y'all are looking good today. Woo! Let's pray first. That would be appropriate. Lord, we come before you this morning with grateful hearts. We're so thankful that you woke us up this morning. You uh, blessed us, Lord, with a roof over our heads. We thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit presence is with us all the time. And I just ask this morning, Lord, that you open up our hearts, open up our ears, Lord, to, to hear the word. And if it applies to us, let us take it gladly and uh, grow in, in you. That's our plan and our desire. And I praise you for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. This morning, I am going to talk to you about the power of a quarter. The power of a quarter. You know, I was looking at this slide earlier and I was so happy to see that in God we trust is still on it. Yeah, praise God, that's another story. Anyway, what can you get for a quarter nowadays? Not a lot, can you? You know, it used to be when, uh, when I was a kid and you lost a tooth, you might find a quarter under your pillow the next morning and you'd happily march off to the five and dime and fill your bag with penny candy. Well, you know, not these days. Kids today want dollar bills, you know, under their pillow. Even the, the vending machines in the grocery store, you can't hardly find one for a quarter anymore. Arca arcade games. You go to main event, you go somewhere with arcade games, not a one of them's gonna take your quarter. But I surmise to you today that there is a place where a quarter holds an unseen power, and it amazes me every time I see it. And that place is Aldi. <laughs> if you've never been to an Aldi grocery store, let me tell you how it works. You might want to notice this next time you drive by. You will never, never see loose shopping carts in Aldi, in the parking lot. You can, where we live, there's a Kroger across the street, and uh, you can go into Kroger and you're gonna play demolition derby, fighting the loose cart, trying to find a place to park. And do you know why? It's all about the quarter. Polly, you can put that picture up now. If you've never been to Aldi, you will see that they have their carts chained together. And in order to get your cart, you have to put a quarter in that little slot. And it will pop your chain out, and you can go into Aldi and shop your little hearts out. And after you've done that, and you go load your groceries back in your car, everyone will take that cart back, because when you hook that cart back up, you get your quarter back. <laughs> now think about this. We'll spend six to eight dollars on a latte or a smoothie, but we're bound and determined we're not going to miss that quarter. 
Amen? My friend Tammy Sue even gave me a little key holder from Aldi, and it holds your quarter. So you always have a quarter on you when it's time to go there. And I do use it, by the way. This one little quarter holds the key to connecting and disconnecting. Okay? Now, I know somebody's saying, where are you going with this woman? I'm glad you asked. Because I have a question for you now. What's your quarter? What holds the power for you to connect or disconnect? I'm not talking about shopping carts now. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about your life in Christ, your life with your family, your life with your church family, your work life. You see, you are the quarter that holds the power to determine whether you're going to connect or disconnect in 2021. You know, we've, we've all, we're all over 2020. And I, I do have to admit, I did find it amusing when people would say, oh man, January 1st, whew, everything's gonna be different. How's that working for you? But you know what? What does work is what we've learned in 2020 will propel us forward in 2021. You know, if 2020, if there was ever a year you want to hide under the blankets and stay there, it was 2020. I, I can't tell you how many times I rehearsed Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need, always giving thanks. And God's peace, which is so great, we cannot understand it, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I rehearsed that over and over and over. And it took some convincing last year. But, but you know what else breaks my heart about 2020? It's been a great opportunity for some to go covert in their lives and disconnect from church, from relationships, and from life in general. I want to read you some statistics I found about the different age groups and church attendance during COVID. Now, if you're, if you're over the age of 75, you're called the silent generation. But let me tell you, the people I hang out with that are over 75 are certainly not silent. I'm not, I'm not pointing any fingers. Anyway, the statistics on that were harder to find. But I did find out that in that age group, 75 and up, 37% of that age group is still attending church. For the boomers, age 57 to 75, 40% stayed at the same church, 26% stopped attending, and 11% switched churches. Gen X, ages 41 to 56, 31% stayed at the same church, 35% stopped attending, and 17% switched churches. Of the millennials, ages 25 to 40, 30% stayed at the same church, 50% stopped attending, and 8% switched churches. Wow, isn't that something? And I know, I, I, I can hear 
Well, you know, sister, we have to stay inside because of the virus. I get that. I get that. And I understand that if you're not a place where you're comfortable getting out yet, you still have to make a choice. Are you going to connect or are you going to disconnect? That's our challenge this year. You know, I've watched precious people slip away from the church, but also with their relationship with the Lord, and that's concerning to me. I've watched fear dominate people and cripple them emotionally and physically. But my place here isn't to uh, convince you or bully you into believing or not believing the virus was and is real. If you've had it or you know somebody that's had it, you know it's real. And it's not my job to tell you whether to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. There's already enough people doing that too. But I am here to nudge you. I have the ministry of nudge. <laughs> I want to nudge you a little bit to examine yourself and ask, where do you want to go this year? Where have you possibly dropped your quarter and disconnected? You know, someone may be saying, well, if I was disconnected, I wouldn't be here. Nah, not necessarily so. So we're going to examine a few places where we can maybe ask the Lord if we need help in these areas. Maybe shake us, wake us up a little bit. And if this isn't you, I bet you know somebody that could use this. And one little rabbit trail let me take here real quick. Um, when Francine, who's our social media guru, asked me the other day, do you want me to put this out on social media that you're preaching? I said, no. Because I was real undone about, about this. And part of the reason is, and I don't know if pastors ever feel this way, you feel like you get up and you say the same thing over and over, but in a different way. And I, I asked, Lord, please, can I do something different this time? And, and he was so sweet, and he gave me this example that I'll share with you. We have an 11-year-old grandson who struggles really bad in math this year. He's in fifth grade. And uh, have you ever seen that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I can assure you I am not. <laughs> one, one night last week, Bob and Krista and myself we're all standing over the table trying to help Kai with a fifth grade math problem. We all had our little phones out. We all had our photo, the photo math where you can scan the problem is supposed to work it out. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. So we decided that we may want to look into a tutor. So I started calling around and uh, one lady I spoke with said, it sounds like he needs to go back to the basics. It sounds like he needs to go back to his multiplication tables before he can learn how to divide whole numbers into a fraction. Which makes me wonder also, who ever uses that? <laughs> but that's another story. So I do like to go back to the basics a lot of times because I think sometimes, and especially after this year, we may need it. So the first place we want to examine ourselves to see where our quarter is. How's your connection with the Lord? Whether you never step foot out of your house again, or if you attend church every Sunday, it's imperative to stay connected to Him. 
If you don't, you're going to be tossed around by every naysayer, every news story, every talk show, and the social media gloom and doom that comes along. You know, I know some people, <coughs> Bob Fink, who thinks that I stick my head in the sand about current events. But listen, I believe in being informed, but I'm going to put my focus on what God says. Amen. I'm going to put my focus there because if I, if I get off of that, I'm going to go down a slippery slope and slide into the mud, and I'm not going to do that. Amen. So how's your connection with the Lord? Matthew 6, 31 through 34. There it is says, so then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will, we eat? what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? That's hard to say. For that is what unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly Father already know the things your bodies require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge as it comes your way, one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. The King James Version says, Seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. You know what those things are? Blessings, benefits, and promises. Amen. And you know, in this whirlwind that's still going on around us that says no jobs, no food, no toilet paper, if that's what we're connected to, it's going to suck the life right out of you. And we don't want that to happen, do we? Let me say this also. If you're counting on the 20-minute worship and the 40-minute sermon you get here each week to keep you connected to the Lord, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, I, know, I know it takes effort. And, and I also know that sometimes the cares of life overtake every good intention of spending time with him. But I guarantee you, life will go much smoother for you if you include the Lord in everything you do. Amen. He really has to be first in order for you to be an overcomer and succeed in life. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, you know, everybody connects differently to the Lord. My best connection, in addition to prayer, is worship. I really can connect to the Lord through worship. So we have to seek his face. We have to worship him. We have to give him thanks. How are you doing on that 21 days of uh, gratitude challenge that Pastor Scott gave out a few weeks ago? Every day, be thankful for something. Study his word. You know, if your time in the morning only allows you to read the Proverbs uh, of the day, there's 31 of them, read one each day, I'm telling you, they'll slap you in the face sometimes. But ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do today, and how can I show your love to others I come in contact with? Not only will he be close and guide you, but he'll take care of you as well. Amen? Amen. All right, so number one, don't forget to use your quarter and connect to the Lord. 
Another area where we have to use our quarter, and you do realize I'm using that as a metaphor. All right. It's with our faith. You know, it's possible to love God, have Jesus in your heart, and go to heaven, but not believe that he can do anything or will do anything for you on this side of heaven. You can love him, but some of you may not have a lot of hope in his promises right now. You know, maybe you've been disappointed. Your healing hasn't come. Your family's not serving God yet. A loved one passed away or a myriad of other things, but you can't give up. You can't give up. So you've already got faith in you. It was by grace you were saved by faith. So you have the God kind of faith in you. See, you have faith to believe that when you go to the Lord and you ask for forgiveness, you have the faith to believe that he hears you and he's forgiven you of your sins, right? In more of a a natural way, every day you use your faith when you get out on the freeway in Houston. You use your faith every time you get on an airplane. You don't know anything about that pilot. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That word substance means a foundation. And faith in God is the foundation of our hope. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 12.2 says, We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into face perfection. I'm going to throw some scriptures at you here. Matthew 17, 20. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them, but I tell you, if you have the faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, move from here, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Here we go, 1 Timothy 1, 19. Hold fast to faith. The leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence and having a good, clear conscience by rejecting and thrusting from them, some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. I don't want to shipwreck. I don't think anybody wants to shipwreck their faith. In 1 Timothy 6.12 says we have to fight to keep our faith. Try as hard as you can to to win that fight. Take hold of eternal life. It is the life you were chosen to have when you confessed your faith in Jesus. That wonderful truth that you spoke so openly and that so many people heard. We've got to fight the fight of faith. You've got to stir your hope back up inside of you. You've got to trust that God is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he's going to do. Because you know what? There's an enemy after your soul. There's an enemy after your mind and there's an enemy after your body. He's after everything Christ-like that is within you. He's after your faith. 
has anybody else's faith besides mine been tested over the last year? Let's, let's be real. Amen. But let me tell you also, this is not the time to be a mamby-pamby Christian. You're going to have to stand up and fight. You're going to have to stand up and fight for the faith that is in you and stir it up. Stir it back up, people. We've got to stir it back up. And when doubt comes, you're going to have to lift up that shield of faith. You know, we're, we're all familiar. Uh, I don't have slides for this, but uh, Ephesians 6, we're all familiar with this, about putting on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. And it says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. What is truth? The tr- that's right. The truth is the word. It's when every passion and purpose of our hearts, when every act of worship is guided and regulated by the word of God. That's truth. So you have to gird your loins with truth and have on the breastplate of righteousness. You have to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And here's where I'm trying to get to. Above all, there it is again, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Above all, above all, take that shield of faith. You know, the whole armor of God is important, and it covers every part of our body. But the shield is made to defend the whole body, whether front or behind you or above you. It was made to protect the head or the heart and thrown behind to meet all your attacks there. Faith comes to your aid when every attack that is made on you, no matter from what direction, faith quenches the fiery dart of the enemy. We've had some fiery darts thrown at us, haven't we? And the enemy would love nothing more to see you shrink back and cower in the corner and blame him, blame God. But what does that accomplish for us? You know, and if we disconnect, how's that going to affect our children and our grandchildren and your co-workers and your brothers and sisters in Christ? We're in that time, people. We have to make a choice. Are we going to believe God or the enemy? Are we going to believe God or our feelings? Are we going to believe God or what people tell us? Are we going to believe God or our circumstances? The ball's in your court. The word says uh, we're to abide in the Lord. It says abide in me and I in you. To abide in him means to hold fast your faith and good conscience, and let no trials turn you aside from the truth. Let's not disconnect our faith. Okay? Be be encouraged that stir yourself up. 
Stir yourself up. Stir up that faith. Get in the Word. See what He says about your circumstances. So we're going to not disconnect from the Lord. We're going to stay connected in our faith. Amen? Let's see. Could there be any other areas where I might have disconnected? I'm preaching to myself, too. So there's an area that could be, uh, I'm sure it's none of you, or nobody watching online, I'm sure of that. Um, how about a, a lethargy? Has anybody experienced that? You know, let's be real, it's easy to stay home in our jammies and watch church on TV. And I do understand there are many that are watching online because of the virus and other circumstances, and I'm not addressing this to you. But I am issuing a challenge to those who have gotten so comfortable that it's easier and more cozy to sit home under a blanket with a cup of coffee. Or we may drag ourselves into church and say, well, I'm not looking to receive anything today, but I'll go because that's what we do. That was my ear voice. But you know what? God created us for connection. Right. Hebrews 10.25 says, This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. We need you. We need you, and you need us. And it's hard to get that mutual edification through a screen. You know, that word habit. I believe it's, it isn't like three weeks that it takes you to, to change or form a habit. And I realized that there was a time last year when we weren't allowed to get out and come to church. And I come from a long line of hermits. Uh, my, my dad was a hermit. My siblings are pretty much hermits. Um, and my natural, my natural inclination is to be a hermit too. And I married a man who loves to, what we call, stay in his cave. <laughs> and we're happy. We're just perfectly happy doing nothing and going nowhere. <laughs> But we also know that God created us for connection. Right. Amen? Amen. And if, if onliners are at a place where you're able to come to church, you can if you wanted to. You're not staying away because of anything else. Let me encourage you to take off your slippers, comb your hair, and come join us because there is a connection when we're together in the house of the Lord. Amen. And, and for those of you that are here, come in with expectation. Come in on Sunday mornings. Stop. Okay, I'm getting into nagging mode now, so let me... I don't like who's leading worship today. I'm not going to worship... Okay, that's all.
but, but let's, we have to, we have to sometimes change it a little bit, come in with expectation. If you need prayer to break off that uh, lethargic spirit, we'll pray for you. A lot of us just going to take getting up and moving one foot in front of the other. Amen? All right. Now, here's, a, here's one reason why people may have dropped their quarter or disconnect. And this has been rampant this last year. And that's offense. You know, maybe you've been offended by other person's beliefs about wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, going out, not going out, having church, not having church. I'm really sad to see Christians backbiting each other so much over this. It ought not to be. I found out a long time ago that my opinion and four bucks might get me a cup of coffee at Starburst. Show that other little uh, slide up there, Paula. There it is. Maturity is realizing how many things don't require your opinion. So if I've already offended you, stay with me here, okay? Colossians 3.12 says, You are always and dearly loved by God, so robe yourself with the virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others, and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable, in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have graciously been forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Proverbs 19.11 a wise person, wise person demonstrates patience, for mercy means holding your tongue. Oh, that's so hard. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget it, for you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. You know, there's a, there's a, a spirit, and, a, and it's hard to, to put a, a name to it. I would call it a spirit of schism or... A, disharmony um, that, that we really need to come against, Amen. you know, in our church, in our community, in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. So bottom line, all of that boils down to this. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Amen. All right, now that I've talked on that, let me see where else I can offend you. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about another area where uh, there seems to be a disconnect, and that's in the giving of our resources or in the tithe. You know, there may be some that are saying, well, I'm not going to church, or I'm just coming occasionally, so I don't need to tithe right now. But here's the bottom line on that, folks. The first 10% belongs to God. And the Bible is clear on how the tithe not only keeps the gospel going, 
but comes back to be a blessing to you. See, I want to see God's blessings poured out on each and every one of you. And I know if we had time, there's so many that could give testimonies of how God has opened doors for them because they were obedient in their giving. And there's that one voice again that says, well, here we go, the church just wants my money. Yep. You're right. You're right. And let me tell you why. This church wants to see the gospel. I'm going to start juggling here in a minute. This church wants to see the gospel preached in all nations. That takes money to send missionaries and build churches and lead people to Christ. This church wants to see people's needs met when they get in a bind. You know, just last year, our Project Share gave over $13,500 to help people... to help people pay their rent, their utilities, and buy groceries for people, not only in our church, but in our community. This church wants to be able to minister to your kids and the kids in the community, having service every week for them and through VBS so they can come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I don't know if you price curriculum or VBS lately. It takes money. See, this church wants you to be comfortable when you come here for service and when you bring people in who need Jesus or you bring them to an event. We want you to be comfortable. AC costs money. It says in Romans 12, 13 that we're to share with the Lord's people that are in need. And this, uh, there's no slide, but it says in Philippians 4, 17, Paul says that there's good that comes from you giving. And here's the best reason of all. Malachi 3.10, you could all recite it with me. This is in the easy-to-read version. I didn't know there was an easy-to-read version, but it speaks to me. The Lord All-Powerful says, Try this test. Bring one-tenth of your things to me. Put them in the treasury. Bring food to my house. Test me. If you do these things, I will surely bless you. Good things will come to you like rain falling from the sky. You will have more than enough of everything. Amen. 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 It's about the principle of sowing and reaping. And I've told you this before. This church sows. This church church tithes. And we probably won't know until we get to heaven all of the people that are there because you gave. Amen? Uh, Over and over in the lives of Bob and Deb, we've seen God's favor poured out on us when there's drought all around us. We've heard testimonies of people, how God's blessed them with jobs and houses and children and so much more. So it's not about giving to get. It's really, it's just about obedience. You know, there's a great story... um, about this, this building. This building, if you're not aware, used to be a shopping center. And uh, this was a um, plant nursery. And this roof was all full glass, and there was a stream that ran down the middle of the cement floor. And uh, let's see, our fellowship hall was an Italian restaurant. Um, and this, this shopping center 
went defunct. And it sat here how many years? I don't know how many years it sat here. And, and here this church was under the leadership of Pastor Albert. And we were a, a little church, but he had the faith to sow into some other ministries, to believe God. And it was by the grace of God that we were able to buy this building for like one-tenth on the dollar. <laughs> Amen. Man, that's such a great testimony. Not only that, but we've built out that way, we've built out that way. Uh, what other ways we've built out that way? <laughs> and it's all debt-free. It's all debt-free. And I believe in my heart it's because this church sows seed and sends missionaries around the world and builds churches in remote villages. There's power when you give to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, here's another place for connection, and that's giving of yourself. And you know, I understand there have been a lot of job losses and different areas and things happen where people can't tithe right now. But you can still give of yourself. That doesn't cost anything. Even if you're homebound or you're staying at home because of the virus or other concerns, you know, you can still drop an encouraging email to someone that God lays on your heart. You can make a phone call to pray with someone. You know, if you're out and about coming to church, Lord knows we need volunteers to get Kids World back up and running full speed. Dan could always use uh, help with a few more people to come and vacuum a section of the sanctuary once a week. It's easy for you to shoot a text to someone and say, hey, how you doing? I'm just thinking about you. I got to tell you, that will really brighten your day. And even if you're housebound, you can still pray for people. You can still pray. You know, it's scriptural and it's therapeutic when you get your mind off of yourself and you focus on someone else. Amen. You can fix someone a meal. You know, we don't have a meals ministry per se through the church right now just because so many of our members work full time. Um, so if God puts it on your heart, hey, I'm in concern about so-and-so, hey, fix them a meal. Get them a gift card for DoorDash. There are things that you can do to bless others, even if you're not able to give financially at this time. Luke 6.31 says, do to others as you would have them do to you. Philippians 2.3 do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, there's a young man in our church um, who was laid off last year due to the pandemic, and uh, he said I could say his name. It's Zach Clift. And so he's been believing God for a job. And until that comes, it's been really cool to me. I'll come in and I'll be walking down the hall here during the day, and Zach's out there helping do something. 
Zach's out here sweeping. Zach's out here doing something else. He's given of himself because that job's coming, and it's going to be a good job. Amen. Amen? But in the meantime, he recognizes as a young man how valuable it is to give of yourself. Isn't that awesome? So proud of you, Zach. Well, I know, yeah. Kudos. Kudos to Zach. You know, and I, someone may say, I have a lot of voices in my head. Have you noticed that? So someone's, someone's saying? Well, someone say, well, that's, you know, reaching out. That's the church's job. But you know what? You are the church. What? The church isn't just this physical building. It's not just the job of the pastors and the staff. The church is a body of believers that live out the gospel with their words and their actions. The church is at its best when people inside the building take Jesus' message outside the building and serve those they meet. Amen. So, you got your quarter. I've got my quarter here somewhere. I've got my, my quarter here. So what are you going to do this year? Are you going to get reconnected to the Lord if, if that's been a problem for you? Are you going to get your face stirred up and reconnect there? Are you going to reconnect and have good habits concerning uh, church attendance and reaching out to others? Are you going to have, is your quarter, where are you going to use your quarter this year? And I'm winding down, so I want to ask you this. On a scale of 1 to 10, how connected are you right now? How connected are you to the Lord, to your family, to your faith? And on a scale of 1 to 10, how disconnected are you right now? Disconnected by many, many reasons. No one can answer it but you, and no one can change it but you. So I want you to take it before the Lord today and ask the Holy Spirit where you might use your quarter. And I want you to do this too. Every time you get change or you pull a quarter out of your pocket or you, it's stuck down here now, come on. Every time you see a quarter, let it be a reminder to you, oh, man, I need to just examine myself. I need to nudge myself. Am I being connected? Or am I disconnecting in some areas that I could probably use some help with? Amen? Amen. Connect or disconnect in 2021. It's up to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you give us choices. We thank you, Lord, that you said you set before us life and death and that we're to choose life. We choose blessings and not curse. And I thank you today, Lord, that our hearts are open to perhaps hearing or seeing areas where we could probably draw closer to you, connect in other areas, and connect to our church family, and connect to the body of believers. I thank you for that, Lord. 
I thank you that as everyone goes out, that the joy of the Lord is their strength. And we'll come back again next week expectant in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I pray you have a blessed day, a blessed week. Go and be a blessing. Amen. Amen.